0: It is I, Jack Graham, back in the hosting chair again for this fantastic episode on the movie Batman vs. Superman, Donna Justice But before I get introduced to the panel, usually expect four of us here Well, there is going to be four of us here, but not the usual four Unfortunately, one of our very own You may have heard the Shettleston News, it was quite a big thing over there Shelston News, Shetland News
1: <laughs> Good start All right. Fantastic well, you know, start, either...
0: Either way, Lewis Jameson's got COVID, but he's not dead. So <laughs> we wish him a speedy recovery. We, we don't want him to be suffering with these symptoms for too long. He'll be, he'll be hopefully back for our next episode. We'll reveal that at the end of this. But uh, as I said, we've got four panelists anyway. So introduce them. We'll come in as our last episode's champion and also the people's champion. So he's back to back to back. I think I don't know. Uh, I called him Wheezy. In the last episode, but I, I can't think of a funny Batman Superman pun. I'm just, I'm, I'm tired. I won't lie, but it's Rhys Cook.
2: Great. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> Put in a lot of effort this time, but I like that. Uh, I'm glad you specified that Lewis isn't dead. That was good, you <laughs> know. He's got glamour, but he's not dead. That's the main thing. Yeah, back to back and people's shamp, It feels good, so I'm glad to be here. I've lost some faith in the people after I, lie, I was a recurring, a recurring
0: Victor in that and now I just can't win anything uh, You wonder why I host so many episodes listeners Well that's the reason why uh, Next we have uh, See I don't even have Any snappy whippy intros It's just it's Adam How are you doing
1: Adam? <laughs> 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 I'm good I'm good How are you Jack? You are it.
0: I mean I'm disappointed in myself but I'm alright I'm alright I'm, I'm alright all it's good to hear yeah. good. Again, I'm just I'm I'm so taken aback with Lewis having COVID. I've got nothing. I've been i have been grief stricken cause of it. Hope that my friend's alright. Stuart, how you doing?
3: Oh, I'm the same, Jack. You know, my heart goes out to Lewis. Who'd have thought that his kryptonite was COVID? I didn't. <laughs> great. But, uh, great. <laughs> but yeah, well we'll pull through. Well, we'll take the hit. The ratings will plummet, but hopefully Lewis. If you're listening, um, and if you're not, I mean, we'll, we'll wait to bring the team together. But we'll hope you're back for the next episode.
0: <laughs> brilliant, brilliant stuff. And uh, at I end, we've got four panellists. And for the first time ever on the Big Picture podcast, we have a special guest. Ooh, who is it? Ooh. And it is... The host. <laughs> 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 it is the host and the, the founder of First Time Films. A good friend, but a greater enemy. I mean, David Campbell. How are we doing? <laughs>
4: right, it's a pleasure, Jack. A pleasure to be on the show.
0: <laughs> um, you know what? I'm, I I would have had a, any other first guest for this podcast. Yeah, I'm glad you're here, my man. I'd have had a
4: few others, but <laughs> <laughs> I could have thought Zack Snyder's probably top of the list, and then like a more <laughs> above me. But I'm glad you settled. Uh, I'm happy to watch the, uh, to discuss Batman vs Superman. Man. It's a movie I haven't seen uh, in quite a while. Um, but revisiting it, you know, I have some new thoughts, but sort of solidified some opinions I already had. So I'm excited.
0: I think hey. But before before we get into the discussion of the movie, uh, you can talk to us, David, about like. Your your podcast, in case listeners don't know what it is, first time films and kind of any other projects you've got going on. The now,
4: yeah, so basically, you know, I love talking about myself, Jack. So thank you very much. For that. <laughs> uh, you know, first time films started it two years ago, roughly. It's the basically the concept is simple. Uh, we take a film that one or more of our panelists haven't seen before. And we we talk about it. You know, we analyze it. Uh, we we talk a load of other shit as well during the shows, and then we discuss the movie news at the end things happening in the contemporary world uh, of cinema apart from that uh, my first feature film is in post-production right now 10 reasons not to make a movie uh, and another script that i've written We're in pre-production on a little project for that i can't say too much about it but uh, it got some uh, good big scottish names attached to it some very uh, big picture exclusive yeah, <laughs> see the caliber oh. of guests I'm bringing in for this show, guys. No, I've, I've, I've I've literally
0: got the upper echelon of podcast yeah. talent in the southwest of Scotland.
1: Chris, <laughs> how, how's your films going on? That you've got a couple in production, don't you?
2: Yeah, just a two or three, but again, I can't really talk about it much either. Um, James Bond coming out soon, so... Yeah. <laughs> keeps getting pushed back. I'm upset for you, man. I know, I know, but sorry, world. Boris Johnson's trying to get it going, but, you know, it's, we'll, we'll do what we can. <laughs> So,
3: no time to die. Looks like there is a lot of time to die. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs>
4: rest in peace, Lewis. That's a harsh <laughs> <call. laughs>
3: thing. Well, I did I did bring Lewis into it. I just <laughs> thought because they were all talking about it's pushed back.
0: Oh, we're all we're all friends here. It's absolutely fine. But before we get on to talking about the movie again, I put a wee poll on Twitter at underscore the big picture where we asked the our followers who do they prefer, Batman or Superman, and unsurprisingly eighty nine percent of the Twitter poll thinks that Batman is superior to Superman. Is that echo the monster panelists here I'll go to Adam Foster. you? Do you prefer Batman to Superman?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I just uh, I'm allowed to say why. I ah, go ahead, fine. <laughs> I just think that I've always just found Superman just a bit boring. I just think he's such a it's just a like superhero archetype they're like first superhero, okay, he can do anything and you know, he's all this and you know, yeah, he, he's he loves America, great, you know. Fantastic, You know, Batman, I just think, has got a lot more depth, a lot more interesting storylines about him.
0: Aye, I, uh, I agree with you. I, I think Superman's shite. I've got no interest in him. <laughs> uh, it just, just kind of... It, just, it feels like just such a... I was going to say a cop-out for a superhero, you know what I mean? Because just, just the name himself, Superman, superhero, I don't know. Stuart, what, what's your thoughts on it?
3: Yeah, Batman all the way. Um, even... Even if there's like bad Batman movies, I'll still enjoy them. But you know, Superman's just like you said is dead boring. You know, I feel like they really I isn't I don't know if this is true, but he's obviously one of the first superheroes that were created, but I feel like, you know, they just went in all in too fast. They're like, I'll just give him everything. And I don't mm. think that's very fair. Well,
4: David, do you think it's particularly fair that Superman has everything like Stuart was saying? Yeah, it's the overpowered nature of Superman that I think just makes him a bit boring because there's not many narratives she can have with Superman on his own, because there's very few villains you can put him up against that would be considered a genuine threat. But more than that, as well, I think the problem with Superman is the cast of characters around him just aren't very interesting. If you look at traditionally, like what what you're going to have a movie about the romance troubles with him and Lois Lane. At least with Batman, you have all those iconic villains: Joker, Riddler, Penguin, etc. And you have the Bat Family to support him. So it's not even just the characters alone in isolation. Uh, That creates this difference in opinion between them. It's the world that's been built around them over the years. I think.
0: I I agree with that hundred percent as well. Obviously, like they both both find themselves in the DC universe, but they kind of within that they create their own world. And as you said, Batman has X excellent of villains and whatnot. Reese, are you are you this kind of same opinion with the rest of the panel here that, that Batman's better than Superman?
2: No, you're all wrong. (laughs) <laughs> Batman is not a superhero. He's just a Tory with a cape. <laughs> <laughs>
3: knows
2: that the oh. the... They're the ones They're that make the Batman films. And, you know, Joker's the good guy. I don't actually. Think... Batman's not got any superpowers. He's not a superhero at all. He's just rich. He's a vigilante. He's a dick. He's <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All that money He's... getting to his head, he thinks he has to, like, become some sort of
2: superhero which are quite obviously is not in the a race. No, he's not a superhero. But who's the best Batman? Who 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 portrayed Batman the best? That's the oh, real question. Are you are you asking are you asking I'm me a, I'm, is asking, a, I'm asking you, uh, I'm asking everyone
0: really. My favourite portrayal of Batman is Bill Arnett Yep, that's, the right
2: <laughs> okay, that's the right Yep,
0: yep. Because there's no greater Batman movie than Lego like, oh, Batman.
2: Well,
0: wow, that's true. It's just as it just as it is. But we're not talking about Lego Batman, because quite frankly, you can't improve upon perfection. But you can improve <laughs> upon the shit show that is Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. And if you haven't seen the movie, it's a it's set two, roughly two years after Superman's battle with Zod, which devastated the city of Metropolis. Uh, obviously, hundreds of folk died, and there's so much damage left to the city that left many citizens kind of feel angry and helpless of the actions that Superman took upon that fight, including the crime-fighting billionaire that's not a superhero, Bruce Wayne. And now he's kind of became convinced that Superman's a bit of a threat to humanity and goes in a bit of a personal vendetta to end his reign on Earth, while the the wee prick Lex Luthor uh, launches his own crusade (laughs) against the Man of Steel. Before we kind of go into critiquing it a wee bit, just I want to kind of get... Initial thoughts about, after you saw this movie, how did you come out feeling? Do you think it was all right? Do you think it was decent? Do you think there was a lot to be left desired and whatnot? Uh, David, I'll just come to you first. What was your
4: initial thoughts on Batman, Mr Superman? I think I'm in the minority with it because I remember seeing it at the time and I was so sceptical because you heard the rumours like DC are trying to rush this shared universe to try and catch up with Marvel, get all the monies in, etc., etc. And I I think the worst parts of the movie are where that's true. You know, the movie is overstuffed in a lot of ways and it doesn't quite have a flowing narrative as much as you like, especially in the, the theatrical cut but i actually think there's a lot to like about it i think the new casting that was introduced in this movie is stellar i think ben affleck it's a shame it didn't work out for him better uh, as batman because i think he puts in a really really good first showing here as does gal gadot uh, as wonder Woman when she comes into it and there are really good sort of through lines throughout it there's interesting little stories like lex luther uh with senator finch like the interactions I absolutely love uh, jeremy irons as alfred and the action scenes are actually really really good like you said jack there's a lot to poke holes in about it one scene in particular that i'm sure we'll come on to but compared to everyone else i actually have a lot of enjoyment that i can take from batman versus superman donna justice well i'm glad that someone can because i did not like it at all <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: reese i'll come on to you this is, i think this may have been your first time watching uh batman versus superman You probably didn't have much expectations
2: going into this. What 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 did you think after it? Yeah, well, I feel like the films we've been watching recently. I'd actually be a good guest on David's uh, podcast because every film we watched recently, uh, it's been my first viewing. Um, But I was uh, where I did enjoy Avatar. I did not enjoy uh, Batman v Superman. I feel like it felt quite. It was quite safe. Like the story wasn't great. It was like the the media and the politicians are portraying a narrative that, you know, superheroes aren't actually great, and maybe they need to be regulated and they need to follow under some form of law. And I just felt like the religious aspects were a bit bit boring, really. I didn't really enjoy it at all. I think for me with this
0: movie is that the, the 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 title kind of gives it away of what is leading to batman versus superman dollar justice you always knew it was going to lead to and with the justice league and it was it was something that i wasn't much excited for as what david said it was a bit of a rush to catch up with the mcu adam what what was your takeaway in batman versus superman a bit
1: of, bit of nothing i, I felt I'd heard quite a lot about it, and I had someone in work who was telling me all about it, and and it, he was like, "Oh, you know, I hate it, but also I really like it." And I was okay. And then I, you know, I went not I didn't see it in the cinema. I seen it afterwards, but I just remember I was really bored, and I'm sure I looked. I, I was watching it, and then all of a sudden I was like, "Here, there's for thirty minutes on here." I had to go back because I just, I just switched off. I thought I I'd fall asleep. I just switched off for thirty minutes. I just got really bored, zoned out, and I was like, I missed thirty minutes of this film. I had to go back. I will say, I was kind of. When I seen it again for this, I was a wee bit more like, I was able to follow it a bit better, and I felt like I was. But I don't know if that was just because I wanted to make sure i seen every detail, you know, because I, I take my research seriously, or if it was because it was better in the second viewing.
2: You probably zoned out in the first 30 minutes because you had to find out that Batman's parents are dead. It's a very important Oh, part my. Of I, film. I, oh, uh, Batman's parents
1: are dead. Oh, that really? is it's honestly. Yeah, that's my first note, My first note I took for this film. Young Bruce intro boring. Because yeah. it's, it's done so many times. It, it, this and it's not. I don't want to say it's fault of the film because they can't they can't give it a new angle. Let's be honest. You know, Joker did well to give it a new angle, but apart from that, it's not had a new angle in, in years. Because it can't. It's the same thing, you know. I, what I found funny was uh, when the, obviously the the pearl necklace breaking is like the kind of distinct thing from Batman's parents dying and the, the way it happens in this is that you like. He has the gun underneath our necklace, and then the the gun cocking back is what breaks it. And I thought, why is it so contrived? Why <laughs> normally he just grabs it? Why did they go to that much effort?
0: <laughs> it's just uh, I don't know. I, just, I just said it, it's just a bit boring. But someone that's certainly not boring, Stuart Fitzgerald. What's your take on the movie?
3: Oh, you old sweet talker, you. If you saw me uh, on camera, I was doing the
0: kind of air quotation marks. So don't, don't worry about it.
3: We've told you again and again about this camera. All right. <laughs> um. I, again, I'll just echo a lot of the thoughts that's um, been said. I, I went to see it in the movie. I went to see it in the cinema, and um, really disappointed the first time. And I don't think I've watched it since until for this podcast. Yeah. There's too much going on. I don't know whether it's um, like studio involvement, like people are saying, trying to rush the Justice League out to catch up with Marvel. Or if it's just the fact, like, the thing about Zack Snyder is a lot of the stuff he puts in this, like there's a good movie somewhere underneath it all. But I feel like he tries to be too clever. And he, he tries to touch on too many things and ends up saying nothing. So I feel like there's, there's, before I get onto my pitch later on, there's, like, parts of this movie that's used just to push the plot along. And I feel like it'd be better if that was the plot. I just feel like it's just too much going on, too many cooks in the kitchen. And it's just so, like people said, so contrived and oh, the amount of slow motion in this movie. That's why it's so long. Half of it's slow motion. <laughs> if he sped it up, it'd, it'd be a perfectly normal film. But I yeah. think you, can,
0: you, you see that in the extended cut as well, as you were saying, that you there was like, okay, a lot of plots were starting to happen and you're just left a bit confused. I think folk do prefer the extended cut, but I still felt equally as confused watching that as I did the theatrical version. <laughs>
3: I never even but, watched the extended version. I just rented the theatrical cut.
0: But as we all know, it doesn't take a lot for me to get confused about. Um, but we'll uh, we'll move on. Something that David picked up on, I've I've echoed to a lot of you before that I'm not a fan of Ben Affleck as Batman. <laughs> but that could I think that that could be because the movies he's been in aren't good, and I think that may just have a lot to do with it. Uh, Adam will come to you first because I think you might have been of a different opinion. I mean with Ben Affleck is Batman, are you are you quite a fan of him?
1: Yeah, I think I enjoyed him, I think, out of the things in the movie. That's one of the things I enjoyed. David mentioned it, Jeremy Irons is really good as an Alfred and you know, I, you know, don't I don't agree well the decisions are made for Batman. The fact that he kills people, you know, we're just gonna get out of the table. What's that about? It just goes against <laughs> Batman as a character. But i I liked how Alfred, you know, is still his moral compass, and they still had that relationship, and I did think it played really well on screen. Uh, and so I felt the scenes when it was those two, I really did feel like I was watching, you know, a bit. It was like a bit of a Batman film, you know. I, I enjoyed those bits. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed Ben Affleck's performance. I'd say more than most actors in the film, but yeah, I would say he's not my favourite Batman or anything. No, definitely not the
0: favourite uh, Batman. But I'll come. I'll come to you next, race Obviously, Ben. ben, ben... Ben Affleck's Batman, and Bruce Wayne, he kinda he took issues with what Superman did in his battle with Zod, and that kinda leads to the story of this movie to begin with. Anyway, do you think it's just a bit of a, a clutch in its draws to get this going because of that like narrative that's been written, or do you think it was always something that should have happened in the first place?
2: Well, I was very interested to see that our building had just fallen down and through all the rubble and all the smoke, uh, Batman was able to see Superman flying through the air miles and miles away. So that was a bit bit strange. Uh, I just want to echo uh, Adam. I actually think Ben Affleck did a good job in this uh, portrayal. I thought um, you can't really fault him too much. It's more the character that was written for him. That was pretty poor but i actually thought his performance was good Um the storyline yeah it's a bit lazy uh i think the media again it's, it's just it's something that's so tried and you see it in films all the time the, the media push a narrative and then one character follows that narrative and the other characters is obviously either the the, uh, the opposite of the narrative or just doesn't follow it at all and um, i thought it was a bit pretty lazy to be honest It didn't really yeah, I didn't, didn't really grab me at all. It took me ages to actually get into the film, and I was a bit bored. I thought the senator as well. Uh, you can't really uh, have Elastigirl, as I said. All I could do was picture Elastigirl <laughs> every time she was talking. So, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I thought it was pretty lazy, to be honest, Jack.
0: Uh, I'm going to say, it made me feel sort of felt a bit fed a bit. Flat, but you, David, you've, you you said before you
4: absolutely love Holly Hunter center Senator Finch in this, don't you? Well, if anyone wants to uh, to win later on, uh, put more Senator Finch in this movie. I'm a, a huge fan of that character, and I'll tell you why. Because Lex Luthor, <laughs> uh, the portrayal of Lex Luthor by Jesse Eisenberg, gets a lot of stick. But I think the scenes where those two are interacting are the scenes where he is the best because that facade comes down. Like this, this Lex Luthor isn't the sort of a uh, like criminal stoic mastermind you see in the comics and stuff like that he's more of a showman. There's a public persona to him, and when she goes to him and she says, "No, I'm not going to let," he's trying to get kryptonite in, in the country, and she's like, "No, I'm blocking it" because she sees right through what he's trying to do. And it's that moment where he just stares at her and he starts tapping his fingers on the desk. I'm like, "Yes, this is good drama." And that's, I think, that's maybe the disconnect with this movie is a lot of the plot points, like you said, they're a bit contrived. Feels a bit obvious, but the acting in it really, I think, raises a lot of state uh, scenes and a lot of moments. Uh, well, I, I'm
0: I'm not a big fan of, of Alex think It's just it's pretty, it's pretty corny. Is the, the portrayal was a bit cheesy. Uh, something just didn't didn't sit right with me. But I uh, will. This might be a bit controversial in saying this. I don't know, but I think Ooh. one of the worst things about this film for me, or at least. The way it was revealed was Wonder Woman being in this movie, and I would say because that would have done that would have served as a better surprise in the movie rather than being shown in the trailer. Because from that you can I don't know. I just
4: I, was, I just I was felt really annoyed and when I saw it as I wasn't excited. I, I totally understand what you're saying about things being spoiled in the trailer because I despise that, despise it with a passion. Uh, and I think superhero movies recently have been the sort of biggest. Uh, you know they've been the biggest offenders of that Uh, however i totally disagree that it it falls flat for me that moment where because we see her in the turkish airlines flight and, and she's watching it all unfold see when she comes down and she defends batman from doomsday and that we hear that wonder woman score for the first time which is a cracking piece of music by the way i was i was i remember being really really hyped to see that and then there is something about, like you said, the shot is spoiled in the trailer, but seeing the Trinity, the DC Trinity on screen for the first time together in live action, it does, a, a game, even now, I found it really cool to watch. I think
0: I have a bit of a, I, again, it could just be something from my perspective because I have got a bit of a disconnect. But I don't feel that invested in kind of DC as a whole. But uh, obviously, she did play a big part in the movie, Stuart, and I want to know what you're kind of, a pain of the first kind of sight of Wonder Woman and Batman vs Superman was like?
3: I'm really torn because, on the one hand, the movie's so overstuffed with all these plot lines. Wonder Woman and Diana Prince's storyline didn't really need to be in it. The whole Justice League set up, the, the famous email with the, all the attachments of the Justice League. But on the other hand, I got to agree with David. I've really enjoyed Like, I actually completely forgot when I was in the film that she like was going to show up. So when she does, like, just show up to save Batman's bacon and that theme goes, and I hate the fight. That last fight scene, I really do not like the motivation of it and how it looks. The CGI is terrible, but I can't help but enjoy Wonder Woman in it. I think she's the only part I like because she gives the best performance. Like There's a bit where like, Doomsday knocks her back and um, she gives a little kind of a smirk which was apparently unscripted. Um, I think Zack Snyder said that that was all on Gal Gadot that did that, and I think it just—it's a glimpse of like a character behind the curtain, which I don't think anyone. Else. I mean, Batman's just running away the whole time, which is fair enough because as Reese famously said, Batman's not a superhero. You know, he,
2: he has he's nothing to do with that.
3: A cape. Exactly. <laughs> um, he, he's a tory with a cape, apparently. You know, Superman's a redneck. You know, anything from another planet, he immediately, you know, doesn't like it. So, <laughs> so I, mm. I feel like Ga- I feel like Wonder Woman and Gal Gadot's part of the film. I actually like it more than I should, because I feel like Wonder Woman deserves more than what she was given in this film. and Then of course she got her own movie, which is probably the best DCEU film so far. So I, I'm like, you know I don't really I'm fifty fifty. I really don't know how to feel about it. I enjoy it, but I can see an argument needs to be said for it to be taken out of the film.
0: What, what
3: side of the coin do you follow on, Adam, about Wonder Woman? Uh yeah, I
1: I guess I kinda agree that I kinda I didn't feel as hyped for our inclusion. As much as I actually quite enjoy a lot of DC stuff, I agree with you, Jack. I didn't feel that hyped for our inclusion. The the hands Zimmer, by the way, just we we're talking about the Wonder Woman score is great. The whole score for the film was really good. Hans Zimmer, you know, as always, he delivers. He's really he, they put the, they push the boat out to get the one of the best and he does it's a great score. Um and that scene, yeah, okay, as much as I didn't really feel hype for her inclusion in general it kind of annoyed me, she was just like there she was just involved like, in the build-up um, when she does join that fight you know, you could step aside and say that was a really good scene and I felt it, you know, I enjoyed that It's that's the kind of scene I enjoy in a superhero movie I like the kind of, uh, you know good guy shows up, saves the day kind of thing I, I, you know, I'm a sucker for it and I, I did enjoy it, but I do I think I kind of fall the same way as Stuart I can kind of see both sides, and I think I probably if I had to, I'd probably take her out of the film I think I would go a bit hard on that side for me,
0: Reese, You've you've heard everyone else talk about it there, race about uh, two maybe wouldn't have had Wonder Woman in the movie. What 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 do you think about it?
2: Um, I'm struggling to understand why you would want her not in the movie. I thought when she does come in, it adds something to the movie that wasn't quite there. There was there was no spark in the movie for for the longest time, and then. You, know, you get little glimpses of her throughout the film. And then when she does eventually come in, it's like, we, here we go. And like, yeah, like uh, I think it was David that said, that the smirk that she has it just kind of, you actually feel something towards the fight. Because both the fights, the fight between Batman and Superman and then that fight, they kind of fall a bit flat. But it kind of picks up a bit, particularly when Wonder Woman comes in. So I, I'm very much for Wonder Woman being in this film.
0: And I think before, before we kind of get on to the pitches, eh, David kind of brought up the the villain that they need to team up and fight against, eh, Doomsday. I kind, of, I kind of want to go to you here, Stuart, first, before eh, we, we talk to everyone else. I think I, I kind of remember that we we were talking about Doomsday when it was happening. I think you were a bit annoyed by it at the time. I hate I, him. I really, really, really...
3: Really, do not like the doomsdays in this film. I don't like how he comes about. I don't like how he looks. I don't like any part of the final fight apart from what I said about like Wonder Woman, the only one emoting. Oh, I'd what? A, how, how do you throw away such a like good storyline on just a, a fifteen-minute fight that's rubbish? Like the whole part of the fight is awful. Like, oh, I, I just really don't like it. I don't like his inclusion in this film at all. He didn't need to be in it.
0: I'm, I'm the exact same because I think it was a kind of an before even the movie came out that Doomsday was going to be part of this, and you're thinking, "Oh, this has like a lot of potential for where it could go." But again, a 15 minute fight and just absolutely falls falls flat. David, when you when you heard about Doomsday being in this movie, were you were you excited about the inclusion of this villain, or did you think it was just a recipe for disaster?
4: Uh, neither of them really. Just sort of, it's not many. Like, it's like I said, the Superman supporting characters uh, and villains, like, have never really interested me. Uh, and Doomsday is one of those ones where I'm just like, again, like, like all Superman villains, he needs to be able to compete against him in some way. So he's might be like this, this, this like, a, a perfect being. Uh, I think the movie, the way the movie used him, like, was just as, like, a monster of the week type creature. Like, he's just there because Lex Luthor is not, like, a physical villain. So you need that muscle, you need someone to have the final fight against the heroes. So I get it from that sense. The, having said that, I recognise that there is some attachment to Doomsday from fans of the comics and there's people who feel a lot more strongly than me about it. So for that reason, I'd ultimately say replace the Doomsday character with something else there. However, having said that, I think it does ultimately serve a purpose in the end, which is to be the physically imposing foe that can go up against the the DC Trinity and end up. I, I, I do feel get that,
0: but I, I just feel as if that Doomsday is a bit of a throwaway come the end of the movie. So, you, do you agree, or do you think Doomsday was portrayed really well during this?
3: No, uh,
2: well, I've got to agree with David again. I think you can't really have Lex Luthor do the final fight because he's not obviously got, he's not physical or anything like that. So, you do have to have someone that can fight Superman, and the only real person or being that can do that is doomsday because you know kryptonite and all that malarkey it has got the powers and all that so <laughs> yeah it was kind of needed but it just wasn't executed very well yeah, the fight was very boring it was very bland it certainly wasn't an end game fight um yeah i don't know it just kind of fell flat it was a poor execution
0: I've uh, looked to the pictures, Adam. Uh, the DC Trinity going up against Doomsday. Did it fall flat for you? Did you enjoy <laughs> the giant Doomsday could serve in a better
1: way? I, I think it's hard. I, as, I think Doomsday in general. I think you know, David said he's kind of a weak character in the sense that he's just he's just a big grey villain, isn't he? At the end of the day, and I just think we're kind of sick as an audience. Of just you know, villains and old personality. And I understand it's, You know, he's there. He's just purely brawn, and he does serve that purpose well. Um, but I just, yeah, I just, I agree, you know. If if it was a bit flat, I would, you get a build up, and then that's meant be this kind of turning point in the film. And I think it's just not there. It does it lacks a punch.
4: The problem no, with him that is he, he's just sort of a du- diet dark side, isn't he? Yeah, like, there's, uh,
1: there's he's, really he's less
4: personality as well. Yeah.
0: Just,
2: maybe,
0: maybe that will be in someone's patch. Who, who knows? <laughs>
2: Before we go into the pictures, I, anyway, I've heard like, a few mentions of it so far and it's been a bit uh, controversial. I actually think that Jesse Eisenberg does a really good job of portraying um, Lex Luthor. I thought yeah, he was like kind of sinister in a way, but it wasn't too evil. He, he kind of draws you in. You can see that he's got all the power. I thought he did a really good job and I've heard, uh, I think Adam said that he did a bad job. but Someone said it
4: at one point. Instead said he didn't enjoy his portrayal, and I actually really enjoyed it. I agree. I agree with Reese. To me, is he's the Silicon Valley Lex Luthor is what he is like in the, when Lex Loper was the first invented as a character, you know, he's like the, the head of this corporate machine and he's like represents the masculine traits of corporate America. But times have changed since then. And we see folks like Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg eh, for what, sorry, I can't even speak, get that name out of my mouth, hate him so much. You see people like that <laughs> <laughs> and the heads of these massive corporations. So I think he's meant, this portray was meant to reflect the changing of those times. And I get why it would be great for a lot of people, but I actually think that's the intention of the character, is to be a bit great and to be a bit annoying and for that performative side of him to be over the top. Um, but like I said, I, I get both sides of it, but I agree with Risa. I enjoyed it.
0: See, it's the after credit scene that kind of sours it for me as well, because I think that's just absolutely honking. I, I guess we'll we'll talk <laughs> about, we'll talk about uh, Lex Luthor, with the pictures, Adam, what's your take on him? Do you, do, did you enjoy it? I think I think it was me that I was I was saying I just
1: I didn't like Brashed it and the, the after uh, after credit scene was absolutely horrible for me. Uh, no, I didn't enjoy it, with it. I'll tell you why. I I think it's an understandable reason why I didn't enjoy. It, I think is that someone who's a fan of the comics in general and also like just DC related media, and I think for me. It, David kind of mentioned it, Lex Luthor, he's this stout bagger, and actually, it's a really good point, I hadn't thought about it, I like the wee like you did there, David, as Mark Zuckerberg, since Jesse Eisenberg also played him <laughs> um, in the social network, but um, you know, I, I do agree, that's actually quite a, a really good point about the shift in times, but I think that sometimes when you go, go see a film, I think like a film like this where you've got the classic characters, I want to see the classic villain as well. And for me, I just think that he didn't deliver in that sense. And I, I didn't, but I, I don't want to, you know, I don't know I'm, gonna, I'm going to too much for it. Maybe my pitch to do with that, but we'll just, so I don't want to reveal too much. Please Whoa. carry
0: on. Well, funny you say that, because now we're getting onto the bit he's all waiting for, and it is the pitches of how, how this podcast can improve Batman versus Superman Donna Justice. But we're going to do it a little bit differently today. Usually we have four years at eight, you three and Lewis, and you will give your pictures, and then you will submit votes to me, the host, and whoever gets the most votes will win the episode, but we have a guest here from First Time Films to Ed Campbell, and you will not be submitting your votes and who you think should win this what? episode for the big picture. <laughs> I know it's such a surprise, isn't it, what's happening? No wonder Lewis is off sick. <laughs> David Campbell will did indeed be critiquing and judging all your pitches that happens, and we'll be asking questions and we'll give feedback once everyone's done. And he will declare this episode's big picture, so uh, you better be ready for that. i I was looking through who's won the most episodes out of you all so far, and Reese and Stuart are both tied first to two, and Adam's only won one. So I think it's fair to say that Adam should get to pitch first.
3: I that doesn't sound fair angry. at
2: all. <laughs> oh, I couldn't care less
0: about you know, trying to be honest. You know that. Like. <laughs> 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 we are being
2: slandered and uh, hated on. Because just because we're good at our jobs. Yeah,
3: no. But Reese,
0: Reese, you've you've gone back to back. You know what I mean. You you don't Bad need to pitch 1st I'm the people's
2: jam. People don't forget that part.
0: You're not the people's champ either. Oh, you are the people's jam, Sorry. So you, it shouldn't matter. What you, pity. you should be just a good pitcher. But Adam, take it away and impress our guest.
1: Right, thank you. Well, you know, going by what you said about uh, Lex Luthor, I'm probably not going to impress him that much, but I'm going to go on anyway. I'm going to stick to my guns because that's what I do, my man of principles. And, you know, that's what I'd like to say when I, I thought about pitching my favourite DC storyline by far is the Injustice storyline. I don't know how many have read that. I know Stuart Haskell bought him it for his birthday. Um, but, and I would love to use that because that's got Card Batman, Superman themes, but you need an established universe, so I would respect that. You know it wouldn't be possible, so I understand why they didn't do it. And we all know that with my pitches, I tend to like try and reinvent the wheel and I just pitch a whole new film, but I'm not gonna do it this time because you know, Thank I, I, God. That's what, that's Thank God, I don't life. have an <laughs> hour to sit about and listen to your shit. <laughs> but uh, Sorry, I'm in. gonna go. And I mentioned it briefly, Lex Luthor, and I, I do you know what? I like Jesse Eisenberg as a person, I really like him as an actor as well. And I think his portrayal, I think he's not menacing enough for me, and I think the film could do with someone who portrays Lex Luthor as a kind of overarching menacing villain I just think having him as this kind of schemer yeah I know that reflects the kind of modern thing but for me if you want a schemer in a film you know you go for a Riddler you go for a, a I've tried to spell Mr. Miss Picker. you know I can't, I can't spell a name but if it, you know your stuff you know he's a bit of a kind of prankster kind of trickster as well I just think that's not for me that's not who Lex Luthor is he's you know he's, he's a schemer but at the same time he's in your face he's there he's intimidating so i decided i recast them and i thought hard about it and if we were keeping with the younger theme like i would suggest is quite young i would have maybe go with jamie dornan because we've seen him be really good at being menacing in the fall and things like that. We know he's got a really good range but i wanted someone older because i feel like ben affleck's quite old as batman so why would you have a mature ben affleck uh, a mature batman sorry and then you've got lex Luthor, and you, you feel like the timeline should kind of be playing close together you'd want um, them to be a similar age. So I went for Brian Cranson. I felt, you know, we know he can be baldy oh. from Breaking Bad, you know, but I also feel like you watch that, he's menacing, he's dark, he, but he's also clever. And I think that for me, if I watch this again and I picture the scenes and I give Brian Cranson as with her, I'm scared. I watch it and I want to, when I watch a film like this, I want to be scared of the villain. I want to, su- I want to support the good guys because I want them to win. Well, in this, because I wasn't really, I didn't really care that much about. Lex Luthor when I watched it I thought I couldn't really really get behind the heroes I think for me when I mean, you watch a superhero film you kind of want to support the heroes I think if you have a real menacing villain like Brian Cranston's Lex Luthor I think that works so that's my big pitch
0: So uh, uh, David Adam's pitch that he wants to make Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor more menacing in the movie and recast him as Brian oh. Cranston question away have at it
4: yeah, actually, I like that you brought up the injustice storyline, Adam. I'm a huge fan of that as well. And I, I think that would have utilized Superman in a, a very interesting way. Like you said, he's a bit bland, but turn him into somewhat of a villain. That might sound good. Now, yeah. I'm trying to put my bias aside here. Obviously, I've said I'm a fan of Jesse Eisenberg, but also a fan of Brian Cranston, who isn't, you know, he's a fantastic actor. And I like this uh, more stoic, more menacing uh, portrayal of the character that you're talking about here. And you're right, he still retains that that cleverness. You know what I mean? Brian Cranston brings with him uh, this sort of legitimacy. He carries a gravitas with him. So I do like bringing that to the part. However, is that the question I'd ask you is that casting change enough to make any sort of major significant difference to the movie because we've talked about, we've seen the, the criticisms of certain plot lines and the movie needing streamlined. Is swapping those two out going to do enough to save Batman versus Superman?
1: Yeah, I felt like there was a lot of flaws in the film, but I thought it's hard to think of if I'm trying to do one change. I thought I couldn't, this is for me, this is the change that has the most sweeping effect. And I think, you know, maybe it papers over the cracks a little bit mm. uh, in the sense that having the bigger villain to to drive the story, you know, maybe... It's it doesn't fix all the problems, no. But I think that it would give a, the film a, a huge positive, and I think that you would maybe you would maybe give it a bit more cut a bit more slack for some of the flaws because the, the actual the main character one of the main characters would be so strong. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I do. I like that. I like that. And the only thing I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of these scenes that we've we've seen, obviously when they, they go to uh, Lex Corp, uh, Bruce and Clark, and they have that interaction, that's going to play a lot differently uh, with Brian Cranston there instead of Jesse Eisenberg. I don't know better or worse, but it will certainly be a different feel. Yeah. Uh, and the scenes with Holly Hunter as well, do you think that with a Brian Cranston-Lex Luthor that would play out the same with like Granny's peach tea uh, and the pot of piss and the, the bombing of the of yeah. thing, Or do you think we'd see something different there? Would you need to replace that as well? I think
1: they would need a wee bit of work. I don't think, I think they wrote those scenes for Jesse Eisenberg. And I think, you know, with, as I say, we've talked to him and to give him praise, I think they wrote those scenes for him. And I think he aces them as Jesse Eisenberg. I think that's exactly what they wanted. And I think he knocked it apart. But I think you would have to rewrite those kind of scenes a wee bit just to kind of suit what Brian Cranston can bring to the role. Um, but I, th- I think they would still. You could you could make those scenes work. I don't think you would need too much of a change. Maybe just to tone down the kind of lightheartedness. obviously that Jesse Eisenberg brings through. You kind if you re- replace that with the kind of darkness that uh, Brian Cranston can bring. I think that could still work really well.
4: Yeah, and sort of one one final query I would give you here, um, just to sort of maybe support your argument a wee bit. We haven't seen Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor pop up again inside the DCU now that's not his fault that's the fact the DCU has been on its last legs for a while now it's sort of falling apart but do you think we would have seen it had it been an actor with the sort of like I said the gravitas of Brian Cranston do you think he would have been invited back and do you think the legacy of this Lex Luthor character would have been significantly changed?
1: Uh, absolutely I think that he's someone who a lot of fans of people who like Lex Luthor in the comics I think would get behind and they would they would want to see more from them they would demand more like Luthor, and I think that's what you want. You want in the, the day, you want that from your villains and your heroes. You want people to watch the virtues and want more. Uh, if, if that's what you want, isn't it?
4: Yeah, yeah. I suppose no more questions, Your Honor. You know, Adam, Adam <laughs> is, uh, it's great for me. <laughs> thank, well, you, yeah. thank you, thank oh, you. Oh, once all three pictures are done,
0: I want you to give your your final thoughts of everything at the end. You can give them praise. You can shite on them or something, or <laughs> do them whatever you like. But. Uh, I, I struggled with who to pick here to go next, Reese or Stuart. And I can only hang up Reese going next just because our cards before S. So, uh, uh, Reese, we've had a recast of a villain here. What's, what's your big pitch for
2: Batman versus Superman? Right. Well, David, go easy on me here because my DC knowledge is not great. Uh, I, I only have really re- recently, in <clears> the <throat> no, last like five or so years, started watching Marvel films. DC, not so much. But for me, this one, and I teased it a little bit, it fell flat, it didn't have the fight scene of um, Endgame, and Endgame's fight scene we know is, is amazing, so it didn't, it didn't have that, so the movie for me was too safe. It, I think there should have been a war in the DC super, superhero universe. I'm not opposed to the main plot of the media and the politicians creating an agenda against superheroes because they want to regulate the powers and whatnot, um, but instead of having one superhero for and one superhero against, I think they should have had like, a war or a rift in the superhero community against the superheroes. So these are the teams. you got Batman, Wonder Woman and Aquaman versus Superman, Green Lantern and Flash, right? And I don't want them to end on happy terms. I want a proper, full-out fight. I want, I want blood, sweat, tears and for the... They, they, don't. The film doesn't end with them being best pals just because the mum has the same name. I, I want them to hate each other. I want it to go on over a series of films, and it, I'm struggling to incorporate a way to have you know Lex Luthor could be. I was thinking he could uh, help one side as well. I was thinking so. Really, the good guys are kind of becoming the bad guys, and the reason that I've gone for this is because it's a bit controversial. And fans of certain superheroes, you know, if you're a DC fan or if you're a Marvel fan, you, you generally like all the superheroes, but you have a favourite. So it would split the community down the middle. And I'm thinking, you know, you have then you have people talking about well, who's better, who do you prefer, Batman or, or Superman or Wonder Woman or Aquaman? Or, you know, people are actually talking about the film and it kind of builds the DC universe back up again because, like you said, David, it's kind of on the ropes. So my picture is a war between the, the DC superheroes.
0: So you're you're going about saying the, the movie's a bit too safe. So you want the rift in the superhero community Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Superman, Green Lantern, and Flash. Yeah. With that kind of war spanning over future movies, potentially, and Lex Luthor maybe helping one side.
2: Yeah, I mean, even if you, you could also have... Uh, another like the Riddler or Joker or someone helping the other team you know there's so, there's so much potential for if one bad guy is helping one team then another bad guy from a different uni- well not universal, universe but a different film genre could help another t- you know there's so much scope for this so uh, yeah a bit controversial because <laughs> bad guys and good guys are c- coming together but I w- I'd love to hear your thoughts on it David
4: well, Reese, I, I, I like what I like what you're saying about stakes because I feel that's something that was maybe missing from the movie because I think Jack brought it up in our preliminary discussion there. It's called Donna Justice. So by the end of it, we expect them to be friends again and for the Justice League to be somewhat formed or in the beginning stages of it. So I dig that. The problem I have or the question I'd have initially is a lot of the criticism directed towards this movie said that it was overstuffed. And there was too much going on, and now you want to introduce Wonder Woman and Aquaman, Green Lantern, and Flash in bigger capacities um, into this already overfilled smorgasbord of, of superhero goodness that's going on. Do you think that that might actually contribute more to the problems that are already there rather than solve them?
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Because it's a
4: it's a slightly different plot. So the the
2: movie, you know, the first half an hour we're just seeing that Batman's parents have died and he falls into this hole in the and boom, Batcave, you know, and then he goes up in a tornado of bats and all of a sudden he's just, you know, he's a bat man, you know, we don't need that, right? We know Batman's parents are dead, who cares, move on the the film as well you know, there's lots of just different bits that we just take out of it and it just aren't necessary especially because this is a, a different plot, so Adding these characters in, yeah, I mean, we kind of—you don't need to have a lot of airtime on, you know, Green Lantern. We already, you know, we've we've all seen the Green Lantern movie. We we don't need a lot of portray- or a lot of screen time for him. Uh, we don't actually need to focus too much on them. You know, they have a few meetings here, so you can understand why they're uh, why they're on that side and whatnot. But actually, the the main plot of the movie is getting kind of taken out, so you can take away a lot of the, the rubbish that's in that movie that makes it so convoluted.
4: So basically, so pitch, pitch me, you, you've said you don't like the Doomsday fight, right? And you want something else at the end, that's mm-hmm. Endgame-esque. Pitch mm-hmm. me your film's like significant action scene, what's going on there, who's going up against who, like get me sold on this, sizzle the state for me <laughs> here. Please. Right, okay, right.
2: Batman. I've already listed the teams. Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. They're fighting off against Superman, Green Lantern, and Flash. Right. Aquaman, useless. Who cares? Flash going to run <laughs> rings around him, literally. You know, he's useless. He'll just throw his trident. It'll fall. It'll fall. Uh, no one cares. Wonder Woman versus Green Lantern. They'll be, they'll be going at it. Wonder Woman's probably going to come out victorious in that one because, you know, unless... Ryan Reynolds pulls off his uh, his Green Lantern costume as actually Deadpool. Yeah, Wonder Woman's winning that fight. Then Batman v <laughs> Superman. I get. I, I actually quite liked the aspect of him him having the uh, the kryptonite on like a on like a stick or like a sword or whatever, and that they uh, reduced Superman's power. So I actually quite liked that part. So I'd keep something along those lines in, uh, so that their fight was a bit more safe. But ultimately. You know, no one's really winning the fight because they're all going toe to toe, and I want this to end over uh, at least one more film. So the big, the big fight at the end is Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman versus Superman, Green Lantern, and Flash. I'm not opposed to more characters being in there, but I my DC knowledge isn't great, so I didn't throw any more in. But <laughs> there, that's the big fight.
4: That's fair enough, man. well, the last question I have for you is this you're introducing a team of superheroes against another team of superheroes. Mm-hmm. In a few months time from the release of Batman versus Superman, a little movie called Captain America Civil War hits movie screens, which sees two teams of superheroes who have already gotten to know and built up over a course of a movie, finally having this culminative head to head. Do you think if you're actually basically doing the same plot as that film in a similar sort of way, that would make DC lose this quote-unquote war with Marvel in an even worse way than they already did with the, the first incarnation of Batman versus Superman? No.
1: I think
2: it's a very good point. Any elaboration? Uh, you're probably right. They probably would lose that uh, war because I do think uh, Marvel are uh, you know, streets ahead right now yeah, and I don't really ever see DC bringing it back. But if they'd done it first, you never know. Um, And if they'd done it well, if the fight scene had gone really well, I think, and because what I'm saying is that it spans over one or two movies, or two or three movies, sorry, um, you've got DC fans talking about, you know, who do you prefer uh, Batman or do you prefer Superman, do you prefer Wonder Woman, do you prefer Aquaman? You know, because the people are actually like talk about it, it kind of is bringing life to a slowly failing genre of films. So I don't think necessarily they win, uh, but I think it brings them a new life that they they
4: desperately need. Fair enough, Reese. Fair enough, Jack. The witness can rest. I'm I'm done with Reese for now. Good, because I'm tired. <laughs>
2: I think um, you should, when you're considering so Jack, the pictures here, David, I think you should uh, consider the fact that uh, Hal from Malcolm the Middle as a bad guy, it, uh, it just makes no sense, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Please, that's, a, a bit of
4: an, that's a bit of an underhanded comment. However, will it be going in my notes? Absolutely, it will be. Uh, a good point well made. Oh, wow.
2: Stuart, I'm going to come to you and ask you for your pitch in Jack's absence. <laughs> I don't know where he's going. So Stuart... As I do Jack pitch. clearly has
3: somewhere else better to be than the, <laughs> than the, than the hey, podcast he's
2: hosting. I oh, just got a text on. he says, oh, I, I don't like you guys, see you
3: later. <laughs> <laughs> so that earlier comment about me was a lie then. Uh, Jeez, he he oh. does find you boring. <laughs> oh... My worst fears all condensed in the one week. Sure. First Lewis, and
4: now this. Sure, I am. I am here. I am judging, and I am listening to you. All right, on you go, son. We've got this. Got this covered. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jack.
3: Oh man, I've, I can I just say for the record, I'm absolutely terrified of the questions that <laughs> David's going to like throw my way because this is like a QC like cross examination here. But I'll, I'll give it my Lord Advocate, David Campbell. <laughs> anyway, so um, my pitch for Batman v Superman, like I kind of hinted earlier on, there's, um, there's plot points in the film that I feel re- would really benefit from being the plot as opposed to just moving storylines along. One of which is uh, there's a little couple of minute broadcast in the middle of the movie where it poses the Superman question which is, you know, it's all these different aspects, like religious aspects, political, philosophical, scientific, and even like sociological debates about how Superman should behave and act on Earth. And to be perfectly honest, I feel like that should really be the key theme and the the key plot line of this movie. So I'd personally like to trim all the fat, of uh, Batman v Superman you know get all the Justice League stuff out of there get all the get that stupid ambush that they frame Superman for where people soldiers just shoot some guys speaking of David the QC if you were presented this case David where Superman was believed to have shot a village I feel like your first and only defense would be the guy has lasers for eyes why does he need any guns yeah I I, I I think
4: that's that that's fair
3: that needs to be thrown out the window. That, that'll that never hold up in court. But I feel like if you want to frame Superman, the Senate hearing bombing is the perfect way to go. So I'd like to treat it almost like a political thriller about the debates raised in the movie as to whether there should be a Superman. The Clark, Clen- the Clark Kent plotline is about clearing Superman's name for the Senate bombing, which will be the event that Superman's framed for rather than the shootout. Bruce Wayne's plot is pretty much the same as the movie's Um, but I feel like Lex Luthor should be more of a friendly business rival who stokes the xenophobia and fear that Batman feels towards Superman as well as a casualty from the Senate bombing which would be Commissioner Gordon because I feel like Gotham being so close to Metropolis like it is in the movie Commissioner Gordon would be there in some capacity whether he's heading security or whether he's inside the building. So Commissioner Gordon's a casualty, that's Batman's motivation for taking out Superman as well as what he's feeling. So there's no doomsday plot or the end battle. The villain solely likes Luther, who I would like to portray is like a diehard Christian philanthropist, kinda of, not I don't want to say alt-right, but like you guys don't know the kind of person I'm talking about. He's a now up-and-coming politician who despises meta-humans. He feels that human laws should be upheld by the government and not aliens or vigilantes, which also covers his hatred of Batman and Wonder Woman, because I don't feel like that's touched on in the original movie at all. Um, And furthermore, I feel like his anti-Superman stance is religious, expanded on all of the lines that Jesse Eisenberg says in the film, like if God is all-powerful and angels coming from above. I feel like that dialogue's actually great. I really like that dialogue, whether... Jesse Eisenberg handles it well I feel it's another conversation but I do love all of that stuff that's brought up in the movie whether for the end fight if there's no doomsday what I'd like to do is the end fight is Lex Luthor still holding Superman's mother hostage but he's on his own and he knows that Superman could kill him so what he's doing is he's got like a dead man's trigger and if Superman harms him in any way then he'll release the trigger and detonate explosives that will kill uh, Martha Kent in like a non-disclosed location. So once the Batman-Superman fight is resolved, Batman has to infiltrate the complex to release her, and that's purely physical, like the warehouse scene at the end, whereas Superman has no physical interaction with uh, Lex Luthor at all, and he instead, you know, if you want to throw another Incredibles analogy in, he gets a monologue and. Superman uses Clark Kent, I can't even say his name, Clark Kent's journalistic nature to probe him and ask the right questions as his motivations and keep him talking long enough for Batman to Mm. save Martha. And uh, I feel like that's my pitch.
4: Yeah, there's a lot in there, uh, Stuart, that I really, I really dig. There's a couple of questions I have, though. You've streamlined the Superman plot line here which I like because I think what's lost on a lot of people about Batman versus Superman is that it's a Superman sequel. It's the follow-up to Man of Steel. Uh, and we don't get from, uh, from me, enough of a follow-on from that particular movie in terms of the story. Here's the question I have. You've got a lot of Henry Cavill doing some acting in this movie. You know, you've got him talking, you've got him, you know, interacting with a lot of folk. Do you think he's a strong enough actor to hold up this new dramatic element to the movie that you're proposing here? I feel
3: like Henry Cavill's not terrible. I feel like, again, I'd, it depends on what he's given. I have to have a lot of trust in Zack Snyder as well, maybe you know, for better or worse, but I feel like he could play that positivity really well if Lex Luthor represents this kind of cynicism alt-right, Um, view of politics that's not open to change I feel like Henry Cavill can have that optimism that's at odds with that with this new kind of way of thinking and how rather than looking inward and being closed off and xenophobic we should be open to not just Superman existing in America but all cultures and all races existing in the country. Yeah
4: I like that the other question I have is you've You've been bold, actually, here with this Senate bomb, and in particular, who you've put there as a casualty of it, and that's Commissioner Gordon. Two questions, sort of double-handed. Who is playing Commissioner Gordon here? Does it really matter? And two, you're taking Commissioner Gordon then off the table for the rest of the DCEU, looking at it as a long-term vision here. Do you think that would be a mistake?
3: Uh, I'm actually quite glad you asked that, because I, when I drafted this, it, it was a little kind of something I wanted to add, but didn't want to go too far in depth. Uh, I stay, I haven't watched Justice League, but I say stay uh, J.K. Simmons in the role. Like He's obviously an older Commissioner Gordon. Um, I'm sure he's a good actor. I'm sure he can handle it just fine. I feel like in The Dark Knight Returns, obviously old Bruce Wayne and old Commissioner Gordon have that relationship. I'm sure there could be a conversation or two before he goes into the Senate hearing that could... really powerful but i feel like if i I would completely take commissioner like commissioner dordan's dead like i would take him off the table and if you want to bring another batman movie like for the dceu which i feel should because ben affleck is i haven't had a chance to say this but i feel like he is really really good as uh, bruce wayne and batman in this movie he's probably my favorite part a good plot line for a sequel would be batman you know re-emerging as a crime fighter but also having to deal with a new commissioner and i feel like that's a there's a wealth of storylines there can't it be trusted is it a good commissioner is it a bad commissioner you know at batman at odds with that yeah um I can't, very good
4: Stuart. very good answer into these questions one more let's see how you uh, take this one because oh, no influenced. the thing is we've seen what you're presenting here with the change of the Lex look character is is You know, The Boys season two was just out. We've seen a sort of portrayal of Stormfront, which I feel is the way you're kind of taking this here. Um, The sort of like positive front of it, motivating a fan base, motivating a group of people. And then behind the scenes, there's a bit of nefarity going on. The question is, that's in 2020. That's four years on from the election in America that was very, very, very divisive at the time. Do you think 2016 is too soon to introduce that portrayal of the
3: character? I mean, I wasn't naming any names, but if you want to draw the Trump comparison at that time, he obviously wasn't elected and it was, you know, it could be talked about from a safe distance. I I wouldn't go that far into it. I wouldn't say that I would I would pose Lex Luthor as a very competent politician who makes a lot of good points and can be seen as good for the will of the country, um, especially like with his background as a very successful businessman. And I use the word successful businessman, as opposed to any other politician we're uh, parading here. But um, I wouldn't lean <laughs> really hard into like the alt-right Christian stuff. I feel like it's just another potential factor to give mm. Lex Luther motivation. Like it's not his character; it's solely his motivation. I feel like my Lex Luther, whether he's Jesse Eisenberg or not, I wouldn't have him. Is the jittery. Um, canon loose canon i would have him mm. as a very not stoic but a very charming knows exactly what to say and when to say it like even if you want to throw in a dustin of tv interviews that he does he answers every press yeah. every question with precision that's the type of character i would put in yeah mm. like that jack i'm i have
4: a, a verdict here if it unless there's anything else i have to have to do uh no but i'll, I'll leave you stone over it just for a, a, a couple of minutes just
0: to get, I don't want you to rush into any any yeah. like rash decisions, you know. What I mean, check, it's quite. I'll
4: take my notes here. You know, this is very serious stuff, so just I'll double check, make sure I'm hundred percent confident. Right. How hard so, I have to spell a four letter word?
2: R I H S. Quite
0: easy. What I would like Adam, Racing Stewart, to do though, this is going to have no bearing in your your outcome, David. I want you to send me your votes anyway, and who you. Think we'd have won this pitch battle if we are doing it normally, and we'll see if you agree with David's verdict come the end. So once you're doing that, eh, I I'll I will reveal it now that our next episode is going to be on. I can't do any drum roll because I'm not good, <laughs> but it's going to be the Mandalorian. Oh, oh. oh. and this, this will
3: is the way.
0: With the, this is the way, and this will coincide with the release of series two. But we won't be talking about that we'll be discussing season one and how we would maybe better that and it'll be hosted by none other than Reese Cook. Yeah, I've
1: still not watched
2: it right really enough. I was better
4: watch it today. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get how it watched do, at some point. You said this about Lego Batman. How do you better perfection? I'll be listening in to see what people's opinions on that one. I, I bloody love that first season, man. I cannot wait for the second one to come out. Well, uh, David, um, I, won't, I won't lie to you. I won't
0: lie What I just asked the boys to do is kind of pointless because they all just voted for each other.
2: So,
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Adam voted Reese, Reese voted Stuart, and Stuart voted Adam. So, you do get the awesome ultimate uh, say on who wins this. Fair enough. We well, had a
4: first three way tie. Um, <laughs> I think. I think
2: cut the episode there.
4: I'm <laughs> the, <laughs> the champion. <laughs> Have you guys heard the story of Goldilocks and the three bears? Because I think that's what's happened here. In my opinion we have a, a case of, of too little too much and then just right. Uh, Adam I like what you're saying man I like Brian Cranston but I think that you yourself said you quoted, I've got a quote here, you said he aces uh, his parts as Jesse Eisenberg. I think there's positives and negatives to Jesse Eisenberg's performance and I don't think that changes when you bring Brian Cranston in, I don't think it's a universally positive change. There'll be bits that are better, but I think there'll be bits that Jesse Iberg actually brightens up the screen that'll be muted if we're to bring Brian Cranston in. And because that's your only significant change there, I need to rule you out for th- that reason. All right. Reese, okay. Reese, man. No. Reese, there was so much going on here. Like, there's so <laughs> many notes. Uh, it ultimately comes down to this. My main problems with Batman versus Superman is there's too much in there there's not enough character stuff and not enough focus, all right? You've actually mentioned Joker and Riddler getting involved in the opposite team from Lex Luthor at, at one point, and that is where I was like, this man is taking the cake. Like, I'd hate to see about <laughs> above because that plate must be overflowing. And the fact that it could span two or three films, I don't necessarily think that's a negative. I think that this movie could have been, the original could have been two or three films in, and of, in itself, but ultimately just too much going on there, Stuart I have no, I came on this show and I was like, I don't know how anyone can save Batman versus Superman that is the best pitch that I think someone could have given to it like, the way you streamlined the Superman stuff uh, and if like, who is the Superman what is the Superman, like what should he be doing why yeah, is the like, Superman? yeah, exactly <laughs> it's, it's the, that's the destroyer is it. Superman. yeah, yeah <laughs> it's like streamlining that the question like a real sort of hard-hitting exploration of that concept would have been great the senate bombing was something i was thinking about it's not played big enough in the original film so making that a focal point i think is a stroke of genius the change to lex luther's character i'm all in for absolutely all in for that that is perfect in my opinion and i love that the end fight we talk about it's too much. Sometimes Like there was a period in superhero movies where it was a big beam in the sky and you're trying to fight towards it and fight off all of these villains uh, and that was that's how it ended. I love this duality to it. You've got the emotional battle between Superman and Lex Luthor and then you increase that already brilliant Batman warehouse fight scene. See if we get more of that? Oh, i for it, Stuart. I think the other guys, I, I get where you're coming from. There were some good points to it, but for me, Stuart was the clear winner today. Well done.
3: Thank you, David. I humbly accept your offer to come and work for your podcast. <laughs> Thank you, just no, seriously. Um, that was that was tough. I was uh, everyone had good points, uh, mm. apart from Reece. I don't know what he was on about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Reece, okay. I, like, I, <laughs> I liked I voted for you because it was very injustice. Like funny, that I mentioned it. I don't know do if you know what injustice is. The storyline. Do you know? No. No, I was saying just about <laughs> it afterwards. But uh, you know, I can't really go into yours there's almost too much detail. But like yours was always it was always kinda on the same plot lines, that's when he's why I voted for you. Yeah, no, no, I that, didn't you Adam? Sorry. I seen you got an absolute hard on it
0: that didn't you?
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see that the thing is, like, see, you've talked about the story art, but it had to be within this movie. So that's why I was like, I like this, but it was the problem with the DCU. You're introducing Green Lantern, Flash and all these guys. It's just like faceless characters who were meant to like for brand recognition, rather than any investment in those versions of the characters themselves. So if that hadn't been the case, it might have went a different way, but because that was the way I had to look at it, that's why I judged it like that.
2: No, well, I actually thought Stuart's pitch was yeah, uh, very good. Uh, I, 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 I like the point you made, David, that it was maybe a bit too close to home with uh, with Trump being about at the time. And I was thinking back to last week's episode where I was said in Avatar that because that they were avatars and they weren't real humans, you could kind of relate to it more, and you don't lose your right wing mm. audience. Um, so I was thinking, you know, maybe I could clutch it here if I brought that point up quick enough. But I did think as well that. The the problem I had when I watched it is I was just very bored by the end of it that I couldn't. It took me a few days to think of how I would actually fix it because it was just mm. boring, so it kind of fell flat. There, there was I didn't think it was a bad movie. I just didn't think it was good, so it was kind of it was hard to fix. So yeah. I, I struggled for a, a pitch for this week. Sorry to the fans that normally expect such high standards for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: think on that note we'll wrap it up there adam eh, commiserations but i wouldn't have voted for your pitch <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Thanks, thanks.
1: thanks for
2: that who would you have voted for
0: jack i would have voted for stuart i i, I stole me on the lex luther being a christian philanthropist i started laughing at that so i'm uh, <laughs> a big fan oh you said
3: philanthropist
2: oh yeah i think it's said philanthropist. oh <laughs> <laughs>
0: What Lex I gets on in the DCU years, it's just it's just what it is what it is. But commiserations to yourself, Reese as well. Thanks, Jack. Great hosting this week. Thank you. Thank you. And uh sure, congratulations, you're this week's
3: big picture. Thank you. Thank you. A hard thought for what Reese is talking about will be in the Snyder Cut of my movie and available <laughs> available whenever we're able to sell it. But yeah, thanks, Jack. Um good hosting and thanks to our guests. Great. Guesting
2: Yes, uh,
3: uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks to our first, our first ever guest, David, David dude, Campbell.
2: Yeah. The best guest we've had on
4: this podcast so far. <laughs> By far, By far. Dude, I, I appreciate that and long may continue. Listen, boys, I had, a, I had a great time. You know, I forgot how much I had thoughts about this movie, both good and bad. So it was good to hear all this stuff. Uh if you ever want me back, just give me a wee call. Uh, I'll, I'll wait I'll the, the floor
2: <laughs> We only the, want the people to vote for
4: me <laughs>
0: <laughs> The floor's yours David <laughs> uh, You can plug away anything you've got coming up like show wise for first time films or anything else you've got going on in the near future
4: yeah, like I said, uh, ten reasons not to make a movie is in post-production right now. So I'll be starting the, the advertising campaign for that <laughs> very very soon. You can you can that'll be the only thing I, I share uh, from that point on when it when we're getting running with that first-time films. You can find Spotify, iTunes, alongside FTTV and Full Time Football. The full FT podcast brand uh, is alive and well over on all those platforms. Uh, and like I said, they have got a lot of stuff coming up. I'm still over on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet with yourself, Jack, you know, doing some stuff over there. So, you know, it's, it's good times. Happy to be here. Uh, and yeah, just find me wherever you want.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks to the as well, who's supporting us on this on this journey. I hope you've enjoyed this, another fantastic episode. And we will see you all for the next one. Goodbye.